Whether it's planning a trip to the beach, a hike in the bush, or making key decisions important for your livelihood, or to save lives. The weather impacts all of us, and accurate forecasting has become so important. So, what's on the horizon for the next while? Niwa is officially declaring El Nino today. Climate scientists are blaming the ferocious gales that battered large parts of the country this week on the El Nino weather pattern, joining forces with climate change in spring. The number of cyclones in the South Pacific is expected to increase this year because of El Nino. No mai harumai kiteau hurihanga. Hello and welcome to Our Changing World, Kuklak and Kanantene. That's right, it's an El Nino year. And you probably know this already if you've paid any attention to news or forecasts over the last while. Today we're going to give El Nino and forecasting the Our Changing World treatment and dig in just a little bit deeper. What exactly is El Nino? What will it mean for our weather? And what are the other factors popping up this year that might make weather predictions just a little bit more complicated? Our guide on this journey is Niwa meteorologist Tristan Mayers, whose interest in weather started quite early on. I grew up in California, and California has really bad bushfires and wildfires, as they call them there. And I recall when I was growing up, hanging out with my friends, and there just being huge plumes of ash raining down on us in our neighborhoods. And we were in suburban California, and it just got me really thinking about it. And we also had these powerful winds called the, they call them there the Santa Ana winds, but what they do is they just, they're dry, hot winds that flame fires, that cause fires to just kind of burn out of control. And it was just a really interesting phenomenon to me. I think from then I was really interested in the weather and, and what that's doing. Then I moved to Australia and Australia has even more bushfires, so I got even you know, more interested in it there. And um, yeah, I decided to study it at university and eventually did my master's in it. Tristan's job involves a wide range of things, but in general, he does a lot of forecasting. From nowcasts, which is a forecast for the next few hours, through to subseasonal, which is like 10 days to a month, to seasonal, which is what the weather is going to be doing generally over, say, winter or summer. Of course, when I think of forecasting, I think of someone standing in front of a map of the country with little suns or clouds scattered across different regions. But what's going on behind the scenes? Weather forecasting is one of these complex, amazing scientific advancements that we've had over the last 60, 70 years or so that is kind of quiet and in the background. We depend on weather all the time in our lives, and we depend on these high-powered supercomputers running all across the globe to assimilate terabytes to petabytes of satellite data, ship observations, observations from aircraft and home weather stations and deliver forecasts and churn out forecasts going out seven days and all the post-processing and all the science that goes into that is distilled into a little sun icon on our screen that we look at every single morning or that some yahoo like me presents at on the evening news or something like that Um, but it's quite an impressive thing Um, we're modeling the whole atmosphere and as we all know the weather is very tricky to get right the niwa seasonal climate outlook for october to december 2023 begins with el nino has officially arrived okay cool it's here but what is it el nino refers to a patch of oceans thousands of kilometers away in the Pacific. It's near, well, it's on 
the equator, there's a place where we measure sea surface temperatures, and we keep a very close eye on that. And when they become warmer than normal for an extended period of time over this area, which is quite large, it's a big box that extends thousands of kilometers, but once that box of sea surface temperatures straddling the equator becomes warmer than normal above a certain threshold for an extended period of time, that's when weather circulation patterns start changing. The atmosphere starts responding to that, and all that heat there starts getting distributed across the globe in different ways. And that, in turn, makes it such that circulation patterns in New Zealand are a bit different than they usually would over spring and summer. And that means that, well, we get more westerlies during El Nino. The ocean heats, the atmosphere responds, the circulation changes which all translates into westerlies for Aotearoa. But what are the other options? If it's not an El Nino time, if that patch of ocean isn't unusually warm, what do we have instead? There's La Nina, which you might have been hearing us harp on about for the last three years or so. And that's kind of the, the opposite. Instead of being warmer than normal in this patch of ocean, it's actually cooler than normal. Again, that causes a redistribution of heat across the globe. It causes circulation patterns to change in the tropics. And then that, in turn, changes what happens in New Zealand. It's interesting that we care so much about what happens in the tropics. It's hundreds to thousands of kilometers away. But that's where a lot of our moisture, a lot of our heat, a lot of the energy in the atmosphere comes from. And so if it's all there, it needs to go somewhere else. And it comes to us in New Zealand. So we, we pay a lot of attention to El Nino and La Nina. But also, if we're not in El Nino or La Nina, sometimes we can just be in neutral conditions. Nothing can be happening. It can be looking reasonably normal. But more often than not, there's always some climate driver at play influencing our circulation patterns here in New Zealand. Yet there always seems to be something. And actually, this year, El Nino isn't the only gig in town. A second climate driver has also popped its head up. Yeah, kind of the cousin of El Nino, you can think of. So El Nino is a phenomenon that occurs in the Pacific Ocean. So we have... Uh, you know, the warmer than normal conditions for an area that changes the circulation patterns across parts of the Pacific Ocean. Uh, but if we look to the Indian Ocean, so the other side of Australia, right, this kind of, you have a similar thing happen there. You have an area of warmer than normal or cooler than normal sea surface temperatures that occur. And right now we're in an event called an Indian Ocean Dipole Positive Event. So it's a lot of word salad there. But what that means is that off the northwest coast of Australia right now, there is cooler than normal sea surface temperatures. And why do we care about that? Well, a lot of our rainmakers actually originate from that area. So if there's cooler than normal sea surface temperatures there, there's less evaporation of that water into the atmosphere, and there's less availability for water to make its way further south to us in atmospheric rivers or other systems. The positive Indian Ocean Dipole was attributed to the large-scale drought event that we experienced in 2019-2020. The Agriculture Minister has made a drought declaration that covers the entire North Island, parts of the South Island and the Chatham Islands. Could that be what we are heading into for this summer? As Tristan said, El Nino tends to bring powerful westerly winds. And well, in case you haven't noticed, these have been showing up already. Fueling fires, causing flights to be cancelled, and even knocking over a truck and a campervan in Canterbury. The El Nino-driven westerlies tend to bring rain to the west coast, but dryness for the north and east. 
But if you add in the positive Indian dipole with that colder ocean patch, does that further reduce the amount of rain coming? What we look at when we see these climate drivers is because we can't forecast what the weather is going to be doing 30 days from now. We just can't. What we can see, though, are trends and themes. To our north is where the tropics are. And the tropics is the source of a lot of moisture for us in New Zealand. Those big atmospheric rivers that we've heard, or the Auckland anniversary floods that happened, the moisture from that all originated from the tropics. Cyclone Gabriel, that came from the tropics. Those big rainfall events. And so in the tropics, if you're kind of turning the tap off there, then you just don't get those rain events happening as much as they usually would. And that's what we're seeing this year. These two climate drivers added on top of each other, the Indian Ocean Dipole in its positive phase and El Nino, mean that we just don't have the same moisture availability to our north. And for New Zealand and our circulation patterns, that means a reduced frequency in those big rainfall events. So seasonally, we're looking at reduced big rainfall events, strong westerly winds, and periods of dryness and maybe even drought, particularly for those areas on the East Coast. And Tristan says, some hot days. And this season, you know, we could get some pretty hot air coming from Australia. Last year, 2022, we didn't even see a day above 35 degrees in New Zealand at all, which is pretty rare. Um, but this year, I'm thinking we're probably going to be seeing that 35 36, maybe even higher than that heat at some point, just due to these climate drivers that we have. And this year, we're also, unfortunately, breaking records again globally in terms of temperatures that the, that the world is hitting. Do we know how that layers on top of El Nino and a positive Indian Ocean dipole? Yeah, it's a really, really good question. And honestly, we don't. I mean, we were trying to understand it in real time, but it's kind of uncharted territory that we have. One of the techniques we use when we look months ahead is we try to look back in our past and we say, well, in the past, have we seen anything similar occur in our climate? So, for instance, this year we have an El Nino. When's the last time we had an El Nino that was significant? Well, 2015 into 2016 was a strong El Nino. So we look at that and we say, well, what were the impacts on New Zealand in 2015 to 2016? And can we see if those will be you know, applicable to us this year? But one of the things we're seeing when we look at these historical years is that it's not quite matching up. And the reason is, is because sea surface temperatures are warm everywhere this year. If you were to look at a map of sea surface temperature relative to normal across the globe right now, you'd be hard pressed to find anywhere that was cooler than normal. The earth is baking at the moment, and what that means is well, we could, even though we're in El Nino and a positive Indian Ocean dipole, having warm seas all around us and to our north, that's just sources of moisture. And so we could still get a few uh, heavy rainfall events this season. So it's a very, very tricky period to be forecasting, and really we're in uncharted waters at the moment. Ultimately, it's about people. The weather impacts us all. And so with the models and AI and supercomputers all churning away in the background, the advances in accurate forecasting has kind of revolutionized how we live and work and prepare. And as the climate changes and the models adapt to help us forecast our new weather, hopefully we'll be able to adapt to it too. Thanks to Tristan Mayers, meteorologist and forecaster at NIWA, the National Institute of Water and Atmospheric Research. 
If you want to know more, NIWA have a range of forecasting tools on their webpage, including their seasonal and longer-term climate outlooks. Go to niwa.co.nz. Ko Clerken Kananaho, te kaiho tu o tene hotaka i afina mai a Ellen Rikers. I produced this one with help from Ellen Rikers. Sound engineering was by Steve Burridge and Tim Watkin is executive producer of podcasts and series at RNZ. Our show webpage is at rnz.co.nz slash ourchangingworld. And you can say hi to us by emailing ourchangingworld at rnz.co.nz or send us a message on Facebook or X where we are at RNZ Science. Kia faia itiau hurihanga ite tahi taupanga paiake kia koe. Follow the Our Changing World podcast on your favorite podcast app. Tēnā koe i mai. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Claire Kincannon. Have a great week. Kia pai, de wiki.